If only we were born knowing how to plan for life's big expenses. Brought to you by TIAA. Saving is absolutely key. What happens if you want to buy a house? That can be a big chunk of change. Good thing we're thinking about it now. Inspection fees, closing costs, escrow. When I'm eyeing that mid-century modern, I want to strike while the iron's hot. Whether you're looking to save, invest, or plan your retirement, let us help you start planning today at TIAA.org. Hello, you guys. Welcome to the Good Girl's Guide to Being Wrong and Happy. You are here with your co-hosts, Stephanie Richardson and Heather Smith. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the show where your wrongness is really strongness and happiness is just a choice. You choosing any yet? <laughs> hey, so what is today's show all about? So today we're going to talk about um, the, 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 about being powerful and feeling powerful in our life, and when you're the difference between doing power from proving and force, as compared to when you just know you're powerful, so you don't have to prove anything. It's funny, earlier this week I was talking with a friend of mine and he was talking about how his dad had been in a biker gang called the Outlaws. And yeah. um and and the way he mentioned it was like, Oh yeah, he was in this little, like this little biker gang, the Outlaws and I was like, Wait a minute, no, they're one of the major biker gangs. <laughs> like that's not like yeah, one no. of the This isn't a scooter gang, right? This yeah. isn't a scooter gang with cute little helmets and Vespas. Like this is yeah. Uh, a real biker gang biker gang (laughs) and yeah exactly and he was talking about how sweet his dad was and how like yeah kind of like soft and sweet his dad was and how that side like that side of him never showed unless it was required and and it really got me to thinking about when you know that you're powerful you don't have to ever show it. Do you actually have the, you have the freedom and the, you know, basically, I guess the freedom within yourself to be like, well, I don't have to show this or I can, or I can, you know, I just know that you cannot mess with me. Yeah. But whenever you don't have that, whenever you think that you're powerless, but you're trying to stand up for yourself, like the show that we did all about boundaries, where you like, defend mm-hmm. your boundaries, and I have a boundary here, and stop stepping on it, right? <laughs> that, that you actually have to do this display of force and faux power to try and like maintain your space. Whereas if you actually have a sense of power, you actually have the freedom to be like, Oh, that's funny that you think you can step there. <laughs> yeah. And the person goes, oh, whoa, oh. I think I just stepped over the line. <laughs> Wait, I know I did. Uh, uh, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it is, it's so interesting. I've, I've seen it played out, you know, through my life with other people around me or different things in my own life, like when I felt – powerless in a situation or like wanting to change a person and not being able to or just feeling at the effects of other people and that yeah that weird twist where it's like you you believe you don't have power but then you're trying to assert yourself and prove that you really do have power 
but underneath it, you believe you don't. So it really, it, yeah, it's like a, you know, really limp wrist punch. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking it was like being a raging victim. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that too. People who are but really, really loud and in your face, but they're like, <laughs> stop hurting me. <laughs> right, as they're hurting you. <laughs> Yeah. Well, that, how people use things like that as a weapon, but it's like, I don't know, it's a weapon to keep the pathetic and weak and victim going. You know? It's such a, it's just the twists and turns of all of it. It's really strange. So, so I'm curious with you, Stephanie, have you, yep. was there a moment in your life when you've had where you didn't believe you were powerful and then it changed to actually knowing that you have the power to change something or handle something? What was that like? Well, if you want to say that a moment was an entire decade of my life of not <laughs> thinking that, <laughs> that I had any power um, while trying to be tough, like, while, you know, also at the same time insisting that I was tough. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, I mean, I get that there were things that I did that I, I that I, it, I wasn't a victim in my entire life. It was more like there were these big pockets of my life that I felt entirely powerless in, and then other yeah. areas of my life that I felt like I had. Well, you know, this is actually interesting, because whenever I'm talking about this, it actually shows up that, that, I thought I had control and I thought that that was the same thing as being empowered. And what I'm going to say now is, is that that wasn't true either. Like in, in that time (laughs) of my life, what I thought was when I was out of like the things that I had no control over, that that was being powerless and the things that I had control over or thought that I had control over or had managed to get a semblance of control over, that those were areas in my life where I didn't feel powerless, but they were always areas that I had to defend. So that's not the same thing that, like today, the way that I would say what's what's developed is I actually have a sense of true potency and power, which for me, is yeah. weird. It's weirdly all about being able to be vulnerable. So it's really opposite. So <laughs> instead of mm-hmm. actually having to defend anything and have things under control, the areas where I'm of my life where I most successfully have the the most sense of power is really the areas in my life that I have no need to defend. Um, And the the areas that I still feel like I need to defend are the areas where I feel where I judge myself. So it's almost Mm -hmm. like whenever I get rid of judgment, when I no longer judge myself in in a particular area, then I have nothing to defend and I know that there's no way that anybody can mess with me and that I actually have a lot to offer. Whereas the areas where I feel like I might not have something to offer here and I judge that. (laughs) <laughs> like I think I should have something to offer. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Those are areas where I still sound like a screeching weasel. Screeching <laughs> weasel. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> the imagery of that is just <laughs> <laughs> Oh, 
like uh, <laughs> someone who grows their fingernails really, really long to be like tough and mean looking, except they're afraid to break a nail. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly, that is exactly what it's like. Exactly. If you come any closer, I'm going to get you. No, don't come any closer. I don't want to break my nails. That's exactly what it sounds like. And I get a New York accent and everything. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my God. That's too funny. So, um, wow. Yeah, that was really well described. I've had a similar experience of that thing of feeling like I have to defend myself, that I need defending. Um, Ooh, that's a good one, or, need defending. Somebody else should defend me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or that I require protection. I'm realizing mm-hmm. for me it was the point of view of, yeah, for needing protection or, or yeah, control also to try and stop things from being how they were. Um, and very similar for me when I let go of the need for things to be any different than they were and stop fighting how things are or, or defending that it should be a certain way or shouldn't be a certain way. All of that, those points of view, like justifications for defending um, or for needing defense, when I would mm-hmm. drop all that and let that go, then it was then the choice to be like, no, this is changing, or like, no, this is this stops now, um, was available. But when I was defending or needing, thinking I needed protection or things like that, there, that was the only choice. It's like, you because know, if you don't defend yourself, you're going to die, right? <laughs> Metaphorically yeah. or literally or whatever it is. So. Um, just that that point of view in itself is kind of a self-maintaining, self-proving point of view. Like, if whenever I had the point of view that I needed to defend myself, I would find all the reasons and justifications for why that's true and how that's just the way it is and things like that. And when I realized that none of that was changing the situation, Right. You know, to get to the point like, I don't care what it takes if I have to defend, if I have to kill someone, if I have to not defend and be totally, like, whatever it takes, I really don't care this is changing now. (laughs) And that was just a totally different perspective that got rid of any reason and justification as a requirement. It's like, it was just, no, I'm choosing something else and this is going to be different. And that was just such a like 180 degree to those situations <laughs> and really to my life you know those areas like you mentioned that I you know that I had where I was I felt like I needed to defend myself that just kind of undid all of that there there wasn't anything to defend anymore it was yeah such a different perspective that allowed for a really different way to function in my life in those areas <clears throat> Well, I know that one of the things that uh, that whole what are you protecting, what are you defending, um, a friend of mine just brought up the other day a a question basically like what is it that someone could call you or could say about you uh-huh. that basically would get your goat? Huh. Yeah. I'm apparently into the animal thing right now. So screeching weasel would get your goat. <laughs> 
Barnyard <laughs> I think I was, Life. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's the new title of the show, Barnyard Life. Um, <laughs> the Good Girl's Guide to the Barnyard Life. So <laughs> next up, uh, yes. how, how to get someone's goat. Yes. So, um, so anyway, so basically asking your, yourself the question, if somebody said this about you, if somebody called you this or said this about you, what yeah. would really just get you going? And yeah. so, so what would really offend you? What would really make you sad? What would make you think that you may not be able to show your face again? <laughs> uh-huh. and, and it's like all of those places, those are the things that you have, you have no other choice but to defend. And the thing is, is those are the places where you secretly think that that might be possible or might be true about you. Because otherwise Mm -hmm. you'd be like, yeah, well, somebody can call me, like somebody can call me mean. That's fine. But I know when I'm being mean and I haven't been mean. So they can say it all they want, but... Uh oh, I think we just lost Stephanie. <laughs> um, uh, so when you when you have that kind of confidence in yourself and you know you are powerful, it doesn't matter what a person says to you or about you. You'd be like, eh, whatever. You can say whatever you like. It doesn't mean anything to me. Um, and uh, you won't make you less based on it. Um, so, and you won't, you won't make you less. You also won't get offended because you know what's actually true about you regardless of what anyone else says about you or even to you directly. Uh, so it's like it becomes humorous. It becomes, uh, I don't, you're, it's like the ball's in your court. You're the one who has a choice in the situation. Oh, she's back. I'm back. <laughs> Yay. So uh, in this instance, <laughs> oh, well, what I was going to say is in this instance, yeah. like if, if, um, if I have a thing about uh, being careless or being um, technically unsavvy and then I came back on the call and you said, yeah, well, you've been, you know, like, what'd you do? Press a wrong button, you technically unsavvy winch. <laughs> if that was something that I was, like, afraid that I was, it would really hurt my feelings. Right. But as yeah. it is, as it is, I'm like, that's pretty funny, right, if you had said something like that. I'd be like, that's funny. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but it's, you know, I'm sitting here not touching my phone and – I'm not worried about how technically savvy I am or not. Um, so it right. doesn't hurt my feelings. I don't have to defend it. <laughs> I could just yeah. laugh along and move on. Um, whereas somebody else listening to the conversation even who was worried about being technically savvy or clumsy or something like that, um, if Heather said something like, well, that was clumsy of you to get knocked off, would be like, oh, my God, that was the worst thing she could ever say to her, even if right. I was laughing. So those, right. those very pieces, yeah. those very those very things are, you know, the way that this works. So what did you say while I was gone? What brilliance <laughs> did you impart on us all? 
Well, I was just talking about how when you when a person calls you a name or says, you know, oh, you're so blah, 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 and when you are confident with who you are and you know it's true for you and you don't have to defend anything, then anyone can say anything about you and you don't have a reaction, you don't have a point of view about it. Like I said, like you said, you, you can laugh about it or it's like you're the one with the, has choice in the situation. I, I was saying the ball is in your court, so you get to choose any response you would like. It's like you won't actually be offended, but if it works for the situation, you could pretend to be offended. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> it works for you. Or you have any number of choices. You really could choose anything you want to do with that kind of awareness and information of, oh, okay, this person's a judgmental jerk, or, oh, this person has a ju- that judgment about themselves, or uh, it gives you awareness, which is the interesting thing. Like, when we don't defend ourselves, we can be way more aware of other people and the things they're trying to create in their interaction with you. It's like, are they trying to make you feel smaller? Are they trying to control you? Are they trying to cover up how they feel like an idiot? <laughs> you know, it's like you, you get all these awarenesses about what's going on with other people around you when you have nothing to defend and you don't have to prove anything, which is really interesting and it really can be way more fun. <laughs> like that, what I talked about in the beginning of um, not being at the effect of other people and situations um, I found it really true that when I have nothing to defend, um, the, wow, I just totally lost what I was saying. <laughs> went right out of my head. <laughs> well, so so if if Heather had a thing about being an airhead and everything just went out of her head, then this would be another one of those moments where you go, oh, yeah. she would have to be offended. She would have to feel bad about herself. And instead it's like, oh, be that's embarrassing. Be embarrassed. Yeah. Instead it's like, wow, there's nothing in here. Oops. <laughs> yeah. oh. Train of thought left the station without me. <laughs> right in the middle of a word. Right in the middle that's of That's really time. funny. Well, I, I do wonder, I do wonder, we've basically asked people to look at what they they would hate to be called or would be really sad or worried or angry about if somebody called them that, but we haven't actually given any tools for what, how to change that if they want to. So like how to take something that you're currently defending and actually change it so that you're no longer at the effect of that, that thing anymore. Yeah, so there's a few possibilities of how to look at that. I know one of the things that I've done is it's usually not in the moment. It's usually like sometime later uh, when I have a moment to myself to just be with whatever occurred. Like, so if someone has said something to me that would offend, or like I'll pretend <laughs> like it used to. If someone said um, something that offended me, you know, called me a name or said something about me, oh, you're just blah, blah, blah. Um, if it did bother me and like tied me up in knots or made You're me so off, ineffectual. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> oh. so, so I would take that and I would take a moment and just look at it. 
and like, wow, is that really true? And sometimes I, I would believe that. Oh, my God, I'm so ineffectual as a radio show host. <laughs> <laughs> I totally can't do this right. <laughs> so I, I would look at that, and if that's the point of view that I've really had about myself, I would look at that, and I would just be vulnerable with it and like, wow, I've had that point of view about myself for a long time. And I would notice kind of the things I've done to to function from that point of view and gather evidence of why it's true, you know, that I'm a crappy radio show host. Um, and and maybe I did find lots of reasons or, or situations that showed me how that was true. So then I would ask myself a question like, okay, this is how I felt about myself in the past up to this moment. Do I really desire to keep moving forward, judging myself this way and making myself wrong? That really how I want to live my life. And, you know, if I'm not willing to let it go or change at all, then I'd be honest about that. Like, wow, I just, yeah, I, this is, I feel this way and I don't really think I could change it and I'll just keep doing the best I can or whatever it is, you know, and keep going and hold it in place. Or if I would like to really change it and truly not have that as a point of view about myself and not have that thing of judging myself every time something goes wrong or there's a glitch or something technical doesn't work, which <laughs> we've had a lot of lately. It's really funny. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so if I want to change it, then I would just, I would start with that vulnerability of looking at where I've made myself wrong and make the choice to just drop it, drop those judgments, drop that place where I always make me wrong for what isn't working, uh, you know, in this example of being a good radio show host. Uh, so that's where I would start. And then when you go from there, it just gets clear of what else you can choose. When you just, if you've been going for the wrongness of you, that one thing is to stop going to the wrongness of you and just drop it and let it go uh, is really powerful. And it may take several times of practicing that. And the more you do it, though, the easier it gets to choose that. So cool. what would you say, Stephanie? Um, that it, well, it is really interesting how how much it really is just like, stop it, um, which is yeah. so weird. We have all sorts of tools, <laughs> right? And, right? And really one of the ones that, it, that for me has been the most effective in this particular area is the being willing to look at it in the first place. That, that part is, I think we've sort of minimized what a big deal that is for most people to take what feels like the biggest Achilles heel that they have and really just go, all right, I'm just going to look at all the areas of my life where I'm afraid that I've been this or I'm afraid I will be this. Because that's usually what's happening. Yeah. It's usually one of those things that you you put blinders on and then you just don't want to look at it. So it's like, I'm just not going to look at this. I'm going to hope I'm not being it. I'm going to hope I don't do it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And if I'm doing it, I'm going to hope no one notices. And that's yeah. generally how, how it goes. And so the biggest, the thing that's taken the most courage, I would say, is really looking at, looking those things in the eye and going, 
Cool. So where have I chosen anything that looks like this? Like if so the um so if I don't think that I'm fast enough, like whenever I'm I'm doing something at work and I don't deliver something yeah. as quickly as I should as I've decided I should. Mm-hmm. Um then when I look at that, I go, cool, so where have I chosen that? And in my own life, there are lots of examples of where I've, like, because I've put the blinders on, I've created the very situation that I'm, I've been afraid of. It's sort of like the Oedipus thing, where Oedipus gets this information that he's going to kill his father and sleep with his mother. So there's this whole thing where they make this, they do this whole elaborate you know, this whole elaborate thing to make sure that he doesn't kill his father and sleep with his mother. And the whole elaborate thing that they do ends up making sure that he kills his father and sleeps with his mother. And that's how this stuff works. The very thing that you are trying to avoid to the best of your ability, that often actually creates the thing that you're afraid of. And so this whole not delivering things on time, what it has led to in my own life is this thing of the second that it feels like it's been too long, it like I put it on the back burner even further. Like I already messed this up. I can't get it right. So I might as well like focus on something that I can get on time. So it makes Uh the situation a zillion times worse. So instead of something being like a few hours later, then I have decided, not even my client, a few hours later (laughs) than I've decided I would like something to go out, then all of a sudden it's weeks later than my clients expected. And that's, you know, that's something where I created that situation because of not wanting, you know, over and over, because of not wanting to look at it, because of not wanting it to be true, I created it. So being really honest yeah. about those places where it's like, yep, this job I did that, this job I did that, and this job I did that. So what were the choices that I actually made that created that? At what point was the at what point did it did I create that? So did I create it in creating deadlines that I can't meet and creating unrealistic expectations of what I can deliver? Did I do it there? Did I do it in the not asking for help when I saw that I had too much work to do and needed, you know, needed more hands on deck? Is that a place where I could have changed it? Um, and or is it in the um, in the covering my eyes and putting stuff on the back burner so I don't have to look at it? Like, so those are mm-hmm. three different places when I look at that stuff myself of where I'm like, oh, those are the three places that I really have where it looks like I've made the mistakes, those are all the places where you actually have the capacity and ability to create the change. So instead of seeing those as failures, each one of those places that looks like a failure is actually a place where I'm like, oh, that's just information about what kind of systems I could create for myself that would actually create a different outcome. Uh, so I can give people a different deadline and different expectations of when that stuff will be delivered. I can ask for help and look at who I would need to add to my business um, to streamline the um, to streamline the timeline, and um, 
whatever. And, oh, and I'm already looking at it, so now I'm not doing the covering my eyes part, which means that the next time yeah. it starts to happen, I'll see it in advance, and I can address it before it happens. Hey, look, um, this is actually taking a little longer than I expected. I, it already is. Um, it already is with the retoucher, and um, they're telling me that this is the new deadline they, because their time, you know, their timeline was actually backed up. Right, because okay. so not okay. buying into it being my problem, and that now my retoucher is following in my footsteps. It's more like, oh, no. So now I just need to again readjust what the expectations are and continue following through with my clients, so that now they have an updated idea of what the expectation is, instead of leaving in, them in the dark, hoping that they don't notice. And so those are the areas <laughs> where I've changed, where I've actually been able to change my business. Um, and where I'm creating systems for the future where I don't do that anymore. But the first step was really like taking a look and going, wow, this is something that, you know, this is an old, old pattern that I've created a whole bunch of stuff to perpetuate. And I don't have to perpetuate yeah. it anymore. Um, that's yeah. where what I got is whenever you were talking, one of the things was not buying that what you've chosen in the past is what you are relegated to choosing in the future. Yeah, it's a huge thing. And just that one thing of being willing to truly look at it all and be aware of it and become aware of it and and be honest with ourselves about what we have been choosing up to this point and not from the rightness or wrongness, but from like, wow, okay, here are the facts. Here's what I have been choosing. Here's the point of view I have been functioning from. Here's the judgments I've had. Huh, okay. <laughs> now now what would I like to do? You know, now yeah. I wonder what I could do different. And, and just that curiosity, just that question and that willingness to be present with all of this really does open the door for a different possibility. It's like you don't have to figure out everything of how to do it all different. It's like, you know, take one thing at a time. Just just the act of looking at something that you've been avoiding looking at is different. You know, just the act of dropping the judgments of yourself of being right or wrong is different. So it, it's simple, and it may be really difficult at first. You know, it made well, me really yeah. uncomfortable. Yeah. And, you know what I would love is, to look at? Yeah. Oh, yeah, well, I, I'm just seeing that we're coming to the end. We decided to do a short yeah. show today. Um, yeah. And so what I would love to look at maybe on the next show really is the the place where um, what we've decided will be. So this whole, like, being late thing, right, for me, mm -hmm. or, like, delivering things late, Um is sort of the irresponsible, the story of the irresponsible artist and what I've decided mm -hmm. my life would look like if I'm an irresponsible artist. But the lies that we sort of buy into and begin and try to avoid. So I, I wonder if that mm -hmm. might be something we'd like to look at, like the lies that we would like to avoid that if we no longer avoid them would actually set us free. Would that be fun? I love it. Yeah, <laughs> that sounds great. So, uh, so thank you all so much for joining us for this week's call, and um, we'll look forward to continuing this conversation and a little variation on it <laughs> next week. So, See thanks you guys, so much, everyone. Then.
Bye. If only we were born knowing how to plan for life's big expenses. Brought to you by TIAA. What happens if you want to buy a house? That can be a big chunk of change. Good thing we're thinking about it now. Start planning today at TIAA.org. If only we were born knowing how to retire. Brought to you by TIAA. My target for retirement, income for life. I invest right and I can start working my way through that bucket list. Start planning today at TIAA.org.